Welcome to another episode of the Awareness Advantage Podcast, where leaders who are good at getting stuff done become great leaders who influence and inspire people. I'm your U.S. co-host and best-selling author, Kevin McCarthy, joined by my good friend, Canadian business partner, and best-selling author, Licky Labji. If you have not yet done so, click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, the Awareness Advantage Podcast. Are we intentional about having a certain type of connection or are we just having a connection and seeing where that ends up? I used to do a lot of networking events and we see these people with, you know, a hundred business cards trying to give them out. And all they're doing is, hi, my name is Licky. Here's my business card. What do you do? Perfect. Next person. And then they go home and they look at these business cards and send an email and then hopefully they're going to make a life connection out of that. You know, whereas intentional about a connection is about understanding who that person is and not for any other purpose than just making a connection. And so, you know, what, what does connection really mean to us? It's interesting. I went to a chamber event with you um, recently, and uh, that's a good example of that. There was one, one person there that was walking around, just handing out the business cards and kind of breaking into everybody's circle to do so. And, and, uh, it was just rapid hits. I've discovered that a lot has to do with your style, your personality style, of course. And so me being a connector is probably a, a more relational, uh, than I am anything else. But I had an observation a few years ago with a, a fellow that I was doing that work with in the nonprofit. And we went to an event and we came out and he knew he had handed out a bunch of cards. He knew he got to know a bunch of people. He knew their names. He, he can remember names uh, and whatnot. And I came out and he said, who did you meet? And I had one person that I had met and I talked to the whole time and I ended up hearing their whole life storage. That happened at this event that I was at. I met, maybe talked to two people the whole night. <laughs> and, uh, and I ended up just talking to one while well, the one today is going to be a guest on my podcast. Because we started talking and got interested and connected into a conversation that was really good. So I think we have to be give space for people's personality styles and for their their uh, and whatnot. But I do I do believe that uh, uh, connection is a human uh, humanity need. We all have a need for connection, even, and if we've been hurt and we're wounded, we might say, "No, nah, I don't need anybody." But actually, everybody needs connection and so okay. let me ask you a question then uh, mark um and for the whole the whole group what does connection mean to you so let's let's give some others uh, a chance to answer that question think about it for a second what does connection mean to you everybody's going to get a chance to share the answer who's got the first answer um being seen for me feels like you know they see you as a human, like a full person, not just a dollar sign or a means to an end or whatever, but like me as Barry, as opposed to me as potential client or customer. Love that. Good. Good. Could just be, there's just some people that you just know instantly you have a connection on. There's others that you know instantly that you don't. And then there's others you can know that, yeah, there may be something there, but they have to work on it. But yeah. Well, I love that. I was uh, with somebody a couple of nights ago at a 
uh, when I was traveling and they said, a connection to me is more than just love. It's soul to soul. And that really resonated. Are there different levels of connection? I think there's different types of connections, right? So the type of connection that I have with like my best friend versus the type of connection I have with my children versus the type of connection I have with my coworkers, right? And kind of going back to what Bari was saying with this idea of being seen, I'm in the public sector, so I don't deal a lot with like vendors and stuff, but I have to leverage the resources that I need to get my work done. And so those connections come from like trying to build this common understanding and goal. And so it's this constant like reevaluation of how do we take what we have in our limited resources and then be successful for all parties involved. What does that success look like for us? Nice. And that usually only happens if they can accept my sarcastic nature. (laughs) So. (laughs) Yeah, there's one of you in every crowd, Jennifer. I know. And we're the best ones there. So it's fine. It's good. Uh, Cheers to that. (laughs) Cheers to that. (laughs) So why is this idea of connection so important? Aside from the fact that just as human beings, like Mark said, we we crave connection. Why is it important? What's the practicality of it? Let's even think in the workplace. It's trust at the end of the day, right? Because if I can't connect with you, then I can't trust you to do your part in what we need to do to achieve our goal. No. And I just, ha- I just had my quarterly review yesterday with my CIO. And like, that's a big thing that I'm struggling with right now. I think I mentioned last week, we're standing up a new state agency. And so we're building from the ground up. And I'm struggling with other teams that I have to depend on to trust that they know what they're doing and that they will get the things done that we need to be successful as a new agency next July. And it's a lot of it's because we don't have that connection, especially because very few people, for me, I'm old school a little bit. And so like we don't get a lot of people in the office. So we miss that collegial like bump into each other in the lunchroom and be like, hey, how's it going today? Right. Trust, I think, is a huge part of that. Huge. I have a, a question to throw back at this, though. I mean, we talked, you, you mentioned hybrid and we were talking trust and we're talking connections. You don't have to be in the same room to have a connection with someone. My point in case is you vibe with a band, a type of music, right? You don't know the artist personally. You know maybe a little bit of their story if you've been following them for a while. But the music speaks to you. Right. Through the radio, through your speakers, through your headset, whatever it is. But there's something about that artist, that piece of music, whatever it is. Sorry to say that as I'm sitting at my piano and that's just been part of my day today. <laughs> we do crave, we do require connections to do certain things within our own life, within our own environments. We rely on skill sets of everybody to do the best they know how to do in the thing that they're doing. And if they don't have the best skill set for that thing, that connection is also there to make sure, okay, either we need to further training or maybe you're not in the best spot. How can we better utilize or how can we better not utilize the person, utilize the role to adapt to the person? And yeah, there can be multiple levels of connections. Think back to music. I kind of like this artist, but I really like this song or I absolutely hate the song. Why would this person put out a piece of music like this? Why is it in the top 100? 
keep pulling the same way, right? And we're going to ebb and flow and we're going to have moments in in their life and their story and in our own life and our own story where we're going to have stronger connections with people. And then we can have weaker connections with those same people as we grow and as we learn. But what we do know is that we connected once with them before or we were we vibed once with them before. We know their skill set. They know ours. It is not the dirty tossing out business cards at an event, but it is, you know, later on. And then there are certain needs for that, right? Mark spoke to, to personality types and stuff about that too, right? I mean, there are just those who are unsure and uncomfortable and this is the way that they were taught and this is the way it's always been. This is the way they do it. Where the last thing, and I'm more, more in the world of, of where Mark comes from now, I want to know one to two people. I want to know them beyond superficial because I'm going to make that connection and somebody else somewhere down the road, even if that connection isn't immediately useful to my needs or my application or wherever I might take it, I know I'm going to have a conversation with somebody in my vibe tribe that's going to go, I need this. And I'm going to go, I know somebody personally at this point that that totally can speak to this. Let me connect the two of you. Good, Randall. Love that. I guess there's different types of connections is what I'm hearing from there. Mm-hmm. In-person, uh, virtual, social media. Kevin, you've got a great uh, slide as well on uh, the level of the connection, right? From Zoom to in-person. Well, the hierarchy, yeah. Then the yeah. psychology, the hierarchy of connection. Of course, it, uh, you know, the, the ultimate level, the top level of connection is, uh, is human intimacy. Um, the next one down from that is face, you know, it's just in-person, right? Uh, down from that is this, we're, we're third in line, uh, what we're doing right now, video, and then, then take it down to audio only, then go down to text messaging, which is the lowest form. Actually, it's always been said to be the lowest form. And uh, I say always, it's not true. It's been said in many recent decades to be the lowest form, but honestly, I think there's a lower form than text messaging. I'd probably call it social media posting because that's not oftentimes not even authentic, right? And not necessarily reciprocal. In Randall's example of a band, you can vibe with the band and they love their music and their words, but it's not reciprocal. They don't know you. So the the connection is only one way. It's a little more difficult. Even in in that sense with social media, people can be connected with me because they watch a video or they watch something (laughs) I've produced or, or content I've created. But they don't really know me. They, so the, is the connection and true and authentic or is it transactional? I don't know. I'm wondering if we're using the word connection and relationships interchangeably here, right? Because uh, from a global standpoint, societies exist because we are in relationship to and, and help and support one another. You know, if, we, if we're not at that level, we don't have society. And people can say, well, you know, I don't need anybody. It's like, well, you're driving down a road that somebody paved, right? You're driving a car somebody built. You, you, we need, you know, that's where the society standpoint. Um, at work, we, as Jennifer brought up, right, we, we have connections we have to, or relationships of one level or another that we have to rely on to get the, uh, the mission accomplished. I wonder if that's really connection. In the form of the depth of these relationships. And, and here's why I say that. I'm going to throw this quote into the chat window if you are so inclined. If you are in leadership at any level, 
from frontline manager to chief executive. Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now, back to the program. I'll read it out loud. I define connection, this has been Brene Brown, right? I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. When they can give and receive without judgment and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Love what uh, you said, Jennifer, that when it's all said and done, it requires, you know, we have to have trust, right? And then Barry brought up being seen. And, and if we're, if we get into a relationship or at least lean in, even at work, to the point where somebody feels seen, heard, and valued, then I think we are leaning into real connection. Whether it goes deep, you know, or to the level of intimacy, that's a whole different story. But I think this still applies yeah. though to my re, my connections at work, right? So maybe not on as deep a level as I would expect with like my husband, right, or my right. best friend, but I still have to like consciously work towards the idea of um, how do I help my coworkers to feel seen, heard, and valued? And then do I also get that? And if I don't, what am I doing to ensure that I get that? Yeah. That's, that's the struggle for me because my direct style of communication is sometimes off-putting. <laughs> yeah. In the workplace. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm with you uh, as the leaning into that competitor side of me. Yeah. I just, I want to yeah. fully support that. And, and Mark, Mark referred to that reciprocity, right? If, if it is not reciprocal it, and you're in a one-sided, it's hard not only to build trust and build the relationship through a connection, but you end up doing everything one-sided and, and at some point you have to stop and pull back. Am I selling myself out? Am I exhausting all my efforts? How do I feel at the end of this? Because if it is that one-sided, you will eventually stop. Right. If, if, if you don't feel like you're getting anything, I mean, I think there's some human nature in that. If you don't feel like you're getting something out of the thing that you're doing, why do you do the thing you're doing? I think we also have to ask the mm -hmm. questions. You know, I, I like the question is connection, relationship, or are they two separate <laughs> things? I wonder if you can even have connection without relationship or relationship without connection. And, and I, and I think that I, I'm, I'm just putting it out there. Do you think you could have connection without? some level of relationship because there's different levels of relationship. Mm -hmm. The relationship guy, I would say, I don't think you can have a true connection without some level of relationship. And, uh, and, and I think people can sometimes don't think of connection as relationship. Randall, I'll, I'm going to challenge you a bit on that. Um, the, the reciprocal part, yesterday I did a keynote and I talked to maybe 30 people after out of 200, but I felt connected to every single person there. And I know they connected with me, but there was no reciprocal conversations. The, the point here is that, you know, even when we have a connection with a friend or a relationship, there are friendships that you reach out all the time. And that's what drives you to be connected. 
if you're expecting them to re- reciprocate back, that's not a connection or relationship. That's an expectation. There's a difference in that. I have a lot of friends where I will just reach out and say, hey, how's it going? And they'll never reach back to me. Do I feel that it's not a connection or a relationship? It's just a different type of relationship. A different type of connection. Just like, you know, uh, uh, Randall, you said about the band, right? They're not reciprocating back to you. They are in, in a vibe or an energy state, but not in words. That's just the question. I, I, it wasn't a challenge. It was more of a, my opinion slash what I experienced. But, so, so my question back to you then, Licky, is at what point, right? So, so you say this, and I know personally, I can, I can, I can speak tons of personal experience in here, and I'm going to cut all of that out. But if at some point you are constantly giving, right? So somebody's constantly taking because you're constantly giving, right? Your engine light will turn on. And, and, and you, you do need to, to pull back, right? Because if you are constantly giving, and it is a one-sided connection, or it is starting to feel or be perceived that way, you do need to stop and check, the, check where the, the, the needle is on the meter, right? Because if it is 100% outgoing and there is not 100% or a portion of that even incoming, how do you balance the energy between the two and, and still be able to say, years down the road that I have a connection with or a relationship or whatever with an individual that at some point you kind of know nothing about anymore, right? So you speak of friends that you're reaching out to who may not be reaching back. You're paying attention to them, saying social medias or, or whatnot. But how, so you can say you're a friend, but is that person going to say the same thing? Oh yeah, uh, you know, so I mean, where you now I'm substituting relationships and connections to acquaintances, right? The variety level of, of where relationships are, connections are. I know of you. We sit on, or I've, I've missed a lot of these, but we sit on calls. We've talked, we've been in other groups, Slicky, but I cannot say that I know you so deep and personally. I do. In some matters, not in all. But, but, but when somebody were to ask me, do you know who that is? Absolutely. Do you have a connection with them? Absolutely. But I cannot and will not share anything that I know personally, because it's a small piece of the whole story. What is it you want to know? What is it you want to learn? Kevin, you're even further down the line, like outside of this room. I don't know who you are, right? Outside of this space that we're in. So the variety, yeah, well, you would accept a LinkedIn request. Maybe I'd learn more. (laughs) Oh, did you send me one? I'm so bad at Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, Jennifer mentioned sarcasm ketchup. <laughs> oh, I caught it real quick. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. And, and I mean it with love. I really do. It was meant to be funny. I'm not dismissing your challenge or dismissing your statement. Let me jump in the middle of this. because uh, To both of your points. Look, you, you brought up an interesting point here, right? You are a connector that motivator connector, you know, you're on the, the right side of the hemisphere when it comes to people versus task oriented priorities and people are a huge priority for you. Whereas there's a competitor side, you know, tasks are a huge priority and people are, it's harder for me, for example, to connect with lots of people because I'm just, my energy is derived from being task oriented. So I have to work at it. You get comfortable and natural for you. But to your point, Randall, so I've 
given out and given out because I can, I can, I'm an energizer. I can flow into the motivator side, but I've given and given over years and years into relationships and never, never had them give back. And at some point for me, because maybe it's just because I'm on that task side for me, I just, I get, I get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to just call less and less. And then eventually it'll be years before I connect. And if we bump into each other at a conference, then, Hey, just almost like old times, not a big deal. You know, I'm not burning a bridge or writing them off or devaluing them. It's just, I don't have, I'm not going to put any more energy because I don't get it reciprocated. Um, but that's, I'm, I'm curious because of your comments, both of you, if there's something to do with temperament in here, because that's with my temperament is I'll invest. I, I mean, I like people I'll invest, but until how long before I'll quit investing, but never, never burn the bridge. Right. Whereas it sounds like, like you get a lot of energy from just continually investing, you know, whether you get well, reciprocated or not. Yeah, that's great. I, I got to actually board a flight in a couple of seconds here, but. I'm going to wrap up with my comment is, you know, as a coach, we're always giving and the coaches are always giving and the reciprocal part is the transformation and the connection and the relationship and the energy. It's not really a touch point back. And Kevin, you're absolutely right. The competitors versus the connectors. My being is connections. Mm -hmm. That's, I love to do that. That's, that's how I, I drive, but I, a deep connection versus a casual connection. There's still a, still, still a connection. So Randall, you, you and I feel you and I are connected. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know I can just give you a call. We haven't really met. I don't think we've had a, no, we've had a couple of one-on-ones. But I know I can call you and just say, Randall, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? And I know for a fact you would reciprocate that. That's a connection that we have, we've built just by this relationship. Mm-hmm. On that note, love you guys. I gotta go. The cheers. Hey, you could you literally gotta fly now. I gotta fly. See ya. All right. Safe travels. Thanks, man. I also I want to highlight something that Licky said there that stood out to me is I just last weekend I did a whole weekend workshop, the Relationship Matters workshop, and uh, on the Vancouver Island tonight. I call it the power of presence. Like when I'm in the room and in the moment and I'm present. And I'm speaking the whole time and, and they're listening, asking questions. And then on the breaks, I'm making connections with people. They'll come up and they'll say something that stood out to them. And I am a hundred percent engaged in that moment with connection with these, with the people that are in the room for that weekend. But it doesn't mean I'm picking up the phone today and calling one of them and saying, man, I just, thanks for the friendship. Thanks for the, you know, it's, but in the moment I was fully connected. And I think you can be fully connected in a moment or in a span of time or in, in a lot of our cases in, at a workplace, you can be in the moment and connected, but it doesn't mean you have to carry that connection into other spheres of your life. And I think sometimes we may feel relational pressure to be, to do that, you know, and we all have different levels of connection and those seasons can, can change and can come and flow and ebb and flow. Uh, by the way, I, I taught another workshop on the island another time, and I had people come that were at the other one, and they walk in, and as soon as I saw them, there's that instant connection because you remember from last time. But it doesn't mean we we didn't talk between. And so, uh, authentic connection can you can be authentic in your connection, 
in the moment, be present in the moment when you're connecting with somebody, when you're talking to somebody and, and then, uh, not have an obligation to keep that connection every day. Mm-hmm. And if we go back to uh, Brene Brown's quote, right? When people feel seen, heard, and valued, so that you can, that connection can be instant, right? If you're, if you're in that, like you just described a great scenario, right? If you're in that conversation and you're engaged in their li- in listening to them, you're not just letting your mind wander everywhere and looking for the next business card. Yeah, you're literally engaged. Then somebody, I could see where somebody could really feel connected to that point. It's like, wow, you get me, you know, you've heard me or you, I feel like you value me, right? That's connection. How often do we not get that from our bosses in the workplace, especially the ones that lean on that task side of the equation where they're very transactional and great at getting stuff done because they're total transactional people, but they, uh, they don't have a clue on really how to connect. If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now back to the program. Just curious, who would, who would say you're more on that task oriented side uh, of the, uh, the equation? We have competitors, analyzers, controllers, and then uh, the rest of you probably on the relational side, you're, you're more motivator, connector, peacemaker. I feel like I'm very strongly both. You can be. Is that, yeah. is that a, okay. Yeah. Like uh, I'm an energizer, so I, but I do have more of a bent towards competitor. Uh, energizers right in the middle between competitor and motivator. Um, so I can operate in both pretty readily, but left to my own devices, I'll just, I'll slip right into my competitor mode. I think it's situational too. It can, yeah, definitely. That's Very, what I was going to ask. Is it situational? It I is. I think so. Uh, just Barry, Barry's good example is you and I, you know, we, we get together to do some work and we spend the first half hour, 40 minutes, just connecting and talking and sharing family stuff and whatnot. But then when we get to task, it's like, you know, my hair is blown back because you just go into task mode and it's like, but we get things done. Well, you get things done. And that's, <laughs> I like being connected and, and collaborating with you because uh, you get stuff done incredibly. So yes, you do work off both, out of both of those, but I think it's situational. You have a, a high level of relational capacity. You're on mute, Barry. I think it's more than situational. And thank you, Mark, because that's how I feel too. But I need that feeling of connection and like, okay, we're here, we're together, like our energies come together. And then it's like, okay, hit it. <laughs> or is it, is it you need a sense of, of purpose behind the work? And so the or connection maybe. comes. And then, but it gives, it gives fuel to you because of the connection. You want to work harder for that, that person or, or in our situation. Yeah, it's like aligning our energy and then using that to fuel the yeah, work to be done. The reason I pointed that out, I just think it's good for all of us to think about that. And that is sometimes we, 
especially energizers, uh, maybe Kevin, if you can speak to this, you, you want to get efficiency. You want to get, you know, the people on that side of the field, you want efficiency, you want to get the job done. And sometimes taking that little pause at the beginning and making the connection first will actually get more done than if you just jump right into task. So that's a good less that's a good comp like to hear from both sides left and right. If if you're that energizer or that you want to just get it done, um, sometimes you're actually going to be more efficient by just slowing down a little bit at the beginning, make connection with the person that trying to get work done from, and then jump in. I think the, the, the element in that though, too, we come back right through all of that. We hit the trust component, but we also need to, so let's bring this into the workplace. We also need to leverage our skills with those around us. Even if we're not in a space that, that has a ton of flexibility, right? We're going to meet, we're going to connect, we're going to put our minds together for, as you know, as Jennifer said, to have something ready less than a year from now. We all have a job, we all have a task, we all have a thing that we do, and we leverage our skills to our abilities and all that other fun stuff. In a workplace, we can be very different in that the finance manager for a provincial not-for-profit who hates math. And I love motivation, and I love the story, and I love all the bits and pieces because it helps me define some of the work that I do. It gives me a sense of purpose when I hear the story. But when we, when I'm going down the leverage skill path, my boss is very much that type A task oriented, don't need stories. I only want details. Let's create the plan based on that. And I sit at the very other end of the motivational story here. And I want the story and I want the reason and I want the purpose. She gets zero clue. I 100% know why she's after the details and after the information she wants. She has no idea what I'm after. Mm Mm-hmm. And she has no idea why I ask such depth level questions where I'm trying to like, okay, this person's asked for this, but why is that? But why is that? But why is that? Right. And I keep digging to get to this really deep relational type of connection where like we're, we're, we're on the verge of like, I mean, I may deal with this, this person two or three times, but I can almost know that they're going to call me friend because they have just poured it out because I've asked some really cool questions. And, and it, it's not to prying to dig it's because i'm developing the story that i'm hearing to make sure that we do the thing that needs to be done and we my boss and i can walk away from a meeting and we can talk for an hour after she's like i don't don't, why 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 do you want to know that why do you want to know this why do you want to know that and i'm like wait stop did you hear that they mentioned they're struggling with this did you hear they mentioned they're struggling with this did you hear that you know not finding housing in this city of three hundred and fifty thousand people is virtually difficult Did you hear this or did you only hear that 10% of the population fits in 6% of those people and 1% of that group? Like, what did you actually hear? I didn't hear. Randall. Yep. I'm sorry. Let me, uh, let me interrupt you real quick. What, uh, how do you feel about your boss being extremely transactional? Wow. It's hard. And it it is is hard hard because I I can be, right? I can float and pull those details in, right? I finance for 20 years, I tell you. I can do forensic accounting. I get that side. It's not my prime place. Mm. So I respect it for its needs. Sure. But it's not, it is not my high-functioning environment. No, it doesn't feel good. So to sit in an environment where somebody doesn't understand 
But then further to that chooses not to, even when I do care to explain, this is why I ask and function the way I do. I can have an hour and a half long conversation with one of our staff members that I did have to share because it's an HR component, right? We both manage people in, in different aspects. And it was exactly that. Why, why, why would you have told him that? Whoa. But why did you tell him what you said? We have very differing views, but so, I got a story and you gave him, you just told him things. So, yeah. So it's, it's not a comfortable feeling. And you, uh, you just said a couple of words that were interesting. I'm going to paraphrase them using mm-hmm. our words. That person is not just left unaware. They're willfully unaware. Sounds like yes. they, 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 they know it. This, this is the way I roll. You either deal with it or get out of my way. Right. But yeah, that back to the, the whole idea, that's the point, right? Is without connection, feeling seen, heard, and valued, we, we have these frictions in our, in the, our daily working at, uh, trying to get the mission accomplished. And we can't create a high trust culture if people aren't feeling seen, feeling heard. Which comes back to my leveraging skills. If there's a person in your team, in your environment that you're working with, right? Mark and Barry being two entrepreneurs that have worked on projects together. If there is somebody within the team who is better at doing a specific task than you are, let that person do that task. They're going to love it. They're going to appreciate it. They're going to build trust within their own environment and within the staff that they work with or, or, or management, however the flow of the chart may go. But they're going to start to love what they do more because they either have an added benefit or they're going to see their role shift within the environment. And you're going to see productivity increase because somebody actually enjoys what they're doing. When you constantly Dude, keep yep. putting people into a box, this is your job, this is your task. You can't do that with zero to or little to no flexibility. And I mean, this is corporate America in a nutshell. All right. What Randall, do you do? Let me reel you back in. Sorry, I, I'm on a tangent today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love your energy, by the way. Um, but yeah, so to your point, yes, 100%. If you, uh, if you really see your people, you know who they are, you value them, you understand them, then yeah, you can actually place them in a place that they thrive instead of just putting up with them or in a place where they don't, right? Uh, And it all goes back to connection. Your boss is an example. Uh, Or back to Mark, your correlation between the the competitor and the connector side, right? Or the, the relationship and the task side. Both sides need to lean in. If I'm in my competitor mode, I need to, first of all, I need to be aware that I'm in my competitor mode. I can't be unaware. Um, and that's the, that's the key to everything we talk about every week is we have to learn to be more aware in the moments, right? Create a higher heightened level of awareness. Um, but if I'm aware I'm in competitor mode that, uh, and, and I'm working with somebody who is relationship mode, I need to back off. I need to, like you said, I need to slow down or bury. I need to, you know, build connection and what have you. Um, and I'm a, I'm a classic example of this blind spot, right? Um, Barry and I had, if I can say that you share a little bit about an interaction we had some time ago, Barry and I and Licky are doing some work together. And the very first conversation, I've known Barry through this session, but the very first conversation I was in transactional mode. Barry was in, a, you know, relation, connection mode. And that, you know, the whole interaction didn't go extremely well, right? Which I apologize for, by the way, uh, because I just was unaware in that moment. I was just like, okay, business at hand. Let's get business done. You know, we've got, yeah, this is a great project. Let's work on this project. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm totally spaced out and forgetting the fact that uh, we need to connect first. 
then let's build a project, right? And Randall, you laugh because I was totally like, I want to feel like what's your bit, like what's really important to you here? Like what drives you and your passions? And he's like, right, like one. Right. So, and I'm so glad you were able to work through that moment for me with me. Um, but as soon as we know about blind spots, right? Like, I was like, oh, I know, I know where you are. I know where you're coming. And it was like, okay, this is our getting to know each other thing. But only because we have the tools to, to have that awareness. I'm glad you brought it up too. It was kind of funny. Yeah, it was. This is the aware, self-aware, blind spot, not blind spot though. Like, so most of us in this room have done something within, within the program and have at least some base concept of where mm -hmm. we're at, right? Some more, right. some less. I'm in the lesser category. I'm not going to lie. However, when you're dealing with somebody who is completely unaware, the balance is, is so much more difficult to, to maintain because you see it, hear it, feel it. You understand that that person is at the, you know, somewhere not in the same space that you're in, mm -hmm. but you know where they're at and you can see where they're at and you can, you can, so sorry. Yes, Barry, I'm a high energy transactional person. I want the story because I get the energy. When I get the energy that somebody is in competition mode, oh, whoa. We're not going to work together right now because I, I, you, you're too much for me to handle. Like, I don't get the juice that I want, but I can recognize that. I can turn it on and off the self-awareness and, and, and environmental awareness. But how, how is it? And I'm sorry, I've got to run, but I was right away. But how is it that we work with individuals who are not that aware or not that self-aware or self-present even? And, and they have zero clue and, and you're, you're kind of forced to go with what the flow or, or, you know, like, how do you politely say this isn't going to work real well right now? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out two things that, uh, cause I know you have to run, but, uh, one is when you're the one who is aware, then it's your responsibility to adapt. You have to be the one. And I, you could rephrase it, uh, depending on the circumstance I've always said. Yeah, the more emotionally intelligent, the more emotionally mature person takes the higher road, right? So you have to learn to adapt uh, to the other style. You can't tell them about their style. They're not going to listen. Um, they're unaware and maybe they're not even interested. The second part of that is as you understand and learn to adapt, then you can lean in, as Mark was sharing earlier, you can lean in and try, maybe it takes time, but you have to try to build connection. If you can start to build connection, then to Jennifer's point, you start to build trust. And when there's trust in that relationship, now there might be an open door for, hey, by the way, if I see something that could be rubbing people the wrong way from you, would you be interested in knowing about it? And if there's trust, that person might be like, yeah, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Right. It takes that process. Right. So thank you for listening to the Awareness Advantage podcast brought to you weekly by the leadership team at Blind Spots Global, a multinational, multicultural leadership development organization specializing in transforming managers who are good at getting stuff done into great leaders who can influence and inspire others to achieve their best. If you have not yet subscribed, Please do so now so you will never miss an episode. If you would like to join our live virtual studio audience and participate in the conversations, visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash 
audience. We hope to see you there.